Hello, friends, and welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe that being resilient as a leader is not just a good idea, it's absolutely required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships. Imagine bumping into someone that you know who's a highly uh, high-capacity and highly competent leader, and you ask them how they're doing, and they respond by saying, I'm great. In fact, I have a lot of things going on, and life is full, but you know, I'm not all that stressed. And where there is stress, I'm able to manage it healthily. What would your reaction be? You may think that's strange. When you ask how people are doing, they always say, I'm stressed, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed. That's not the response I was expecting. Would you think that maybe they were being arrogant or bragging or lazy or out of touch with reality? Or maybe they're just a healthy leader. This reaction is so out of the norm today, it might cause us to wonder, are they even telling us the truth? That's why today I want to talk about stress and adrenaline addiction. Yes, there's a lot of addictions out there today. We don't often talk about adrenaline addiction, especially when it comes to the addiction of our very own production of something. I recently read an old book, a very old book, but one that was incredibly helpful called The Hidden Link Between Adrenaline and Stress by Dr. Archibald Hart. Dr. Hart reminded me that our attitude toward life and especially our attitude toward time is often off kilter as leaders. Especially as leaders, we have a tendency to respond to life as if, as if it were one long emergency. And the uncertainty of the last two years has certainly thrown us headlong into greater levels of stress and adrenaline. So if we want to be a resilient leader, what do we do about it? Well, what we need, according to Dr. Hart, is to learn about adrenaline management. Adrenaline management. Adrenaline management will mean doing the hard work of unlearning our addiction to our own adrenaline. And by learning to balance our adrenaline production so that we can achieve maximum energy and freedom to live a full and healthy life as as a leader. Now, a handful of episodes ago, I reminded us that not all stress is bad. In fact, all of us need some level of stress. It's impossible, even unhealthy, to live a stress-free life. We actually need stress, but let's be clear, we don't need a lot of stress, but just some. Stress is not damaging to everyone all the time. Sometimes we even thrive on stress. But, 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 stress is only good if it is short-lived. We live within the, our body that responds to stress in a world that produces stress 24-7. Therefore, the ebb and flow of our adrenaline is crucial to effective living, and we must keep, it, keep that in mind as we design a healthy lifestyle for ourselves. Dr. Hans Selye is known as the father of stress research, and he defines stress as the, quote, nonspecific response of the body to any demand. He's also the originator of the term eustress and distress. Eustress, as in good stress, and distress, bad stress. Eustress, that good stress, it is positive and only helpful because it is not experienced continuously. It excites, but then relaxes the system back to normal fairly quickly. But many of us live our whole lives in what is essentially a constant state of emergency and hurry. This is distress, and therefore we become dependent on the overproduction of adrenaline in our glands, what is often called hurry sickness. Now let's back the truck up here a bit and ask a more fundamental question. What causes stress? Anything that annoys, threatens, prods, excites, scares, worries, hurries, angers, frustrates, challenges, criticizes, or reduces 
your self-esteem. Now, a lot of leaders I know are type A personalities, including yours truly. The stress hormones, including adrenaline, are always found in excessive amounts in these types of leaders. Behavior patterns in high levels of adrenaline are lifelong partners. The sense of time urgency that gives rise to what is called hurry sickness. Again, we all need some level of stress to function at our maximum effectiveness to do worthwhile things in the world, and that's good. But if we're always trying to beat the clock, get ahead, be as efficient as possible, this can be detrimental and damaging to our health because stress and anxiety go together. So when it comes to stress, there is, so, there is no such thing as stress that only resides in the mind. It begins in the mind, but it ends in the body. Stress can be found in the brain, the heart, the stomach, the intestines, the muscles, the hands, the skin, lungs. Now we hear about adrenaline junkies, but there really are things called adrenaline addictions. Just as an alcoholic is addicted to alcohol or a workaholic to work, the adrenaline addict depends on some activity for that kick that it gives us. And if we're not careful, we can actually become addicted to our own adrenaline as leaders. Therefore, we need to find the source of our stressors. And here's what I found quite interesting and surprising in reading Dr. Hart's findings. He said the greater source of stress for most of us is to be found in those life issues that can be called, quote, minor hassles, close quote. There's a growing body of evidence that the everyday minor annoyances of life contribute as much, if not more, distress, disease, and major than major life trauma. It's hard to believe. Therefore, to be a resilient leader, we must be able to manage our stress. So how do we manage our adrenaline production, you might be wondering? Well, Dr. Hart reminds us that our program of stress management will not be effective unless we learn to bring our adrenaline production under control. So you might be thinking, what do I do? If I fear that I might be addicted to adrenaline and I need to detox or at least live at a healthier level of stress and adrenaline. Well, he warns that each of us is unique and we will need to find the specific adrenaline reducing tactics that work for us. But he offers five suggestions. Number one, the most important element, he says, is self-talk. When you're experiencing a great deal of stress, ask yourself this question. Do I need to be in a state of emergency right now? Is it really that big of a deal? Number two, after self-talk, is the ebb and flow effect. We've got to interrupt the constant adrenaline flow. So sometimes that's a five-minute walk around the block. Sometimes it's exercise or a nap. Sometimes it might be five-minute relaxation technique or just pushing away from our desk and doing a breathing exercise. Whatever it is, we need to remember that it's crucial to plan for adequate time of recovery. We cannot constantly sit down and think that we're gonna, for, for, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., we're just gonna push through and have full adrenaline the whole day. We need spaces of recovery. Number three, one thing I found very helpful was his suggestion to be aware of the times where the stress will be higher. Personally, the fall is always my busiest months of travel and speaking. I always know that this is where my adrenaline and stress are the highest each year. So his suggestion was really helpful. His suggestion was this, try to keep change to a minimum, especially when you know it's going to be a stressful time. He suggested getting up at the same time. Think about what's in your control and to keep as many healthy rhythms as possible as you have from other times in your life. 
This has been wildly helpful for me in keeping my stress and adrenaline and anxiety down in such intense months like I'm in right now. And number four, to improve your approach to time management. Now, wait, this is not going to be a plug about do more faster in less time. In fact, it's the opposite. He suggests try to plan for fewer interruptions. Set more realistic goals, realizing that things often take longer than they need to take and therefore blocking out longer periods of time for things to get done is really, really helpful. Instead of trying to put 12 pounds of apples in a 10-pound bag, we need to think and plan as if we're going to put only 8 pounds of apples in a 10-pound bag. And if we have extra time and room, we could put more apples in, but not the other way around. And number five, good old-fashioned sleep. A friend told me a few years ago that she loves the winter because as it gets darker earlier, it actually nudges her to bed earlier in the evening and it actually helps her relish sleep. She said that she's healthiest in the winter because of the additional sleep that she gets. I like that. My friend's thought stuck with me and I am resolved this winter to embrace that invitation to sleep more. Leaders, I know this is a tough time. So many leaders' tails are dragging right now, and, I, and, and it's completely understandable. I'm with you. But let's commit together to look to manage our adrenaline production in our bodies, especially for us, those of us who are type A leaders. It's for your own health and for the health of those that you lead. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen and On a Limb Productions. Joel produces all the episodes of this podcast, and I have used him for countless video projects as well. So if you have a video or a podcast production need, Joel will help you tell your story in clear and compelling ways. Visit onalimproductions.com, or you can just visit the show notes of this podcast for more information on him. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, be mindful of your adrenaline production. Yes, there's a lot of stress and uncertainty in the world, but you have more control of your adrenaline than you realize. Therefore, live healthily. So when someone asks you, how are you doing? You can say, life is full, but I am managing my stress and adrenaline in a healthy way. Have a good day. 